0: Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's great to see you. I can I add my welcome to the welcome you've already received from Wendy. My name's Chris, and I'm a senior minister here at Andover Baptist Church. If we've not met before, it's great to have you here with us. You've hope, we hope that you felt welcome and at home already. If you're online with us today, it's great to have you with us uh, as well. I can see you joining in on the live chat, so great to have you uh, along for the ride today as well. Now, I want to ask a question as we launch in today. Have you ever had a time, or has there ever been a time or a situation or a circumstance in your life where you felt like your strength wasn't enough? On its own, your strength was not enough. Do you know the kind of thing I mean? That that sort of thing that you, you're you experiencing in your life or situation that you're facing where you can't get through without someone to talk to, without something to help you? Have you ever had that kind of moment? Maybe it's because you're exhausted and you need encouragement. Maybe it's because you've got doubts and worries. Maybe you're experiencing anxiety. Maybe you've got a lack of self-confidence and you need some kind of reassurance. Maybe there's kind of a habit that you want to kick or actually a good habit that you want to start. Maybe it's that diet you've always tried to get going on and you can't kick that habit or start a habit in your own strength, you haven't felt able to do that. Maybe for you, it's been like a big life event, a big moment in your life and you just need some stability. Maybe you're sick, maybe you've been sick in the past, you've had a health issue and you just needed somebody to hold your hand. Maybe you felt betrayed or abandoned or rejected, and you need help and comfort in that moment, and then you need help to find forgiveness for the people who have done that to you. Maybe you've experienced a sudden loss of financial stability, and you're thinking, ah, and you need trust in that moment. Maybe it's that you've been worried about someone that you love, and you need some kind of hope Maybe you want to get better or improve yourself in some way, shape or form and you need confidence or inspiration or motivation. What about this? What about when you feel the elemental forces of the world are leading you into patterns or behaviours or attitudes that you know you don't want and you know are dangerous and you know aren't good for you? I am certain all of us Have experienced those kind of situations in our lives. Maybe some of us are in that situation right now. And you're wondering, how am I going to get through that? Where do you go when you need some help? Where do you go when you need some encouragement? Where do you go when you need help to find the strength to keep you going? Where do you go for that? Have you ever felt like your strength isn't enough? Who do you invite into the co-pilot seat of your life to give you strength and help in those moments? Who would you like sitting in the co-pilot seat of your life when that stuff happens so that you have someone next to you ready to support and encourage you? You know, throughout this series we've been doing here for the last uh, three or four weeks, we've been asking exactly this question. Who or what are you inviting to sit in the co-pilot seat of your life? And how is that working out for you? Who are you inviting to give you encouragement when you need encouragement, who are you inviting to help you navigate the skies when you need guidance and direction, who are you inviting to help you check the fuel gauges in your life to see where you're starting to run on empty, and who are you inviting to help top up the tanks of those energy levels when you need it, and we've been saying all the way through this series that that we invite all sorts of things into that co-pilot seat, and we've been saying too that God has an offer God has an offer of a co-pilot to sit with us in the co-pilot seat of the plane journey ride that is our lives to help us, to encourage us, to help us navigate, to bring us through, to give us strength when we need strength. And that co-pilot is called by God the Spirit sometimes the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. And today, and here, advanced pun warning, today, as I bring this series into land, see what I did there? As I bring this series into land, I really want to finish by trying to almost summarize that, but kind of seal the deal, make it as clear as I can what this offer is that God makes, so we can make conscious decisions together about whether to accept or to reject. So we're going to ask, who is the Spirit and how Does the Spirit of God, this co-pilot that God offers to us, help us in our weakness in all those kind of situations I was just talking about? Help us when we need help, when we can't do life on our own, when we need help on the night shift, where are we turning? And I want to say, if you're uh, new to this whole church thing, or maybe you're new to this whole Christianity thing, or or maybe you haven't made your mind up about what you believe about that right now, maybe you stumbled across this video on YouTube and you're wondering what all of this is about, if you haven't kind of begun that journey of faith or you're exploring that journey of faith, you are so welcome here. We want to be the kind of place and the kind of environment where you can explore questions about faith and about God. And part of that is we want to be as clear with you as we possibly can uh, as uh, as to what the offer is from God. What God is saying he is making available to you should you choose to accept it. So if you're exploring faith, this whole series I hope has been helpful and I really hope that today is going to be especially helpful because I'm going to try and make it as clear as I can what this offer is of this co-pilot from God and how we can receive and accept it should we want to do that. Now, in a couple of times in this series, we have turned to a guy who has written a number of books and letters in the New Testament part of the Bible. His name is Paul, and we've used him a couple of times already throughout this series. We're going to turn to him again today. Paul, let's just make no bones Paul was a wretched man. Uh, he describes himself like that. He was a really nasty piece of work. He was very well educated religiously, but he used that to persecute the first followers of Jesus, the the fledgling churches that were starting and the the people who were starting to follow Jesus. And, And he tortured and he killed them and he oversaw all that. He was a wretched man. And then he has this dramatic encounter with God, with Jesus, and it turns his life around. But Paul still remembers some of what went on before and still from time to time uh, uh, goes in on himself says oh i was an awful per- i mean he was an awful person where is god in all of this for me now and i want to go to one of the letters that Paul wrote to a bunch of people in Rome, letters called Romans, to the beginnings of a, of a church in Rome. And Paul was involved in lots of these churches, and he'd heard stories about them and all of that sort of stuff. So he writes this letter. And Romans is one of those kind of, sometimes like we think of as big, big letters in the New Testament part of the Bible, because it's like ram-packed full of lots of uh, theology and discussion about who Jesus was and all that kind of stuff. And right in the middle of that letter, almost right in the middle, in Romans chapter 8, there's this pivotal chapter, this pivotal section that Paul wrote, and believe me, we could spend a long time talking about just this chapter today, so we're just going to look at some small pieces of it that particularly refer to this gift, this offer of the Spirit of God that God is making available. You see what Paul has to say about that and what that means for us. You can go away and read Romans chapter 8 on your own and kind of work your way through it. It's an amazing, amazing description and explanation of what God has to offer to humans. Human beings, But I'm just going to read a few verses, We're at three or four, that, that really pertain to this gift of the Spirit of God, this offer of the Spirit of God. But just before I get there, I want to uh, uh, talk about um, the bookends to this chapter because Paul starts and finishes this section in a similar kind of vein that sets the context for the whole of the, the section. So I'm going to uh, uh, look at the first and last verses at the beginning and end of this uh, talk as we go through it today. So I want to go first to Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Paul says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And this is a really important point here, because in the previous chapter, right at the end of it, the context of all of this is Paul has been sharing his weaknesses and his frustrations and his wretchedness, and he's been remembering all of that, sharing all of that, talking about his great weaknesses and fallibilities, his shortcomings, his mess-ups, his failures. He's beaten himself up, and there's almost like a switch as we come in to this section of the letter where Paul, talking about all of that sort of stuff, beating himself up about all of that kind of stuff, suddenly remembers The amazing thing that God has done for him in Jesus, and that he has made a way for him to be free from condemnation. So there is no need to beat himself up, because Jesus has liberated him. Jesus has taken all his stuff, all his wretched stuff, and dealt with it. Paul says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for those who have recognized this gift that Jesus has to offer that the, the way that Jesus has made it possible for people to be free from condemnation. Now this is so important for us in our day and age because we live in an age where condemnation is rife. We live in an age where it seems like everybody is righteously angry about something. At least it's righteous in their eyes, right? Everybody seems angry about stuff and there's this insatiable desire in our culture to find a scapegoat for everything, to to pass condemnation on down the row, right? It's a bit like a pass the parcel game where the package is condemnation and it gets passed from one person to another to another and there's this cycle of blame and condemnation and it never stops and it goes on and on and on and you don't want to be left Holding the package, the parcel of condemnation when the music stops. Because then everybody piles on, and it destroys you, right? And how clearly have we seen that in our culture and in our news just in the last few weeks? We're in this cycle of blame and condemnation, and it never stops unless, unless there is somebody who is willing to free us from all of that. Paul is highlighting here the elemental forces that are at work in our world. And Paul says, but in Jesus, there is no condemnation because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And here we find the first thing that Paul says about the Spirit. The Spirit of God is on offer to us to give us life. You know, On one side, you've got the law and the rule and the reign of condemnation. The reign of condemnation, blame, and guilt that are the result of sin and selfishness and greed. But on the other side, Paul says, there is the law or the rule of the Spirit. And the law and the rule of the Spirit gives life. It's a total contrast. This is the first part of God's offer to you and to me through his Spirit. If we allow the Spirit to be the co pilot in our life, Paul says it will bring you freedom from condemnation. It's a Spirit that gives life. But there's more. And we're just going to fast forward a couple of verses to verse 5. It says this Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So again, we've got this thing raging, these elemental forces that are at work raging. On one side, when our minds are governed by sin and greed and selfishness, that leads to death, death of hope, death of relationships, death of health, death of aspiration, When a mind is focused on God, Paul says, and on the Spirit of God, there is instead something different. There is life and there is peace. Because a mind that is focused on God and on his goodness and on his love and on his grace and his refusal to condemn us and his ability to free us, that brings a peace that goes beyond any understanding. So the Spirit gives life. But the Spirit gives life and peace too. And then there's more. Number three, we go on to verse 11. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. So now there is more. If Jesus really was raised from the dead, then it was the power of God in his spirit that raised him from the dead. And Paul says that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us and will resurrect us to life here and now and eternal life in the future. The spirit gives life and the hope of eternal life. The same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead is available as an offer and a gift from God to us to bring us hope of a life beyond this one. So the Spirit gives life. The Spirit gives life and peace. The Spirit gives life and hope of eternal life. That's not all. We go on few more verses. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. The Spirit that is on offer from God will lead us and guide us into a relationship with God that gives life to us because we can be part of the family of God. We'll be brought into the family of God. And being brought into the family of God, being a child of God, is not about a slavish devotion. It's not about being a slave at all. It's not about being in fear. God doesn't demand loyalty out of fear. Instead, look, um, rather the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. This, this um, being brought into the family of God is not about fear or slavery. It's about being adopted, to sonship, and that, by the way, is a lot less to do with gender than it has to do with inheriting all that God has for us and his kingdom. In in the times where Paul was writing, it was the sons who inherited everything from the father. Paul is saying to all of us, there is this inheritance on offer when you're adopted as children of God, like being a son was in his culture, there's this total inheritance, getting everything from God and having an intimate relationship with the heavenly Father, so you see the Spirit of God doesn 't doesn't just bring life, the spirit of god doesn 't just bring life and peace, the spirit of god doesn 't just bring life and the hope of eternal life. The Spirit of God also gives life in the family of God Now there is, and in the meantime, I and mean, Paul is not Paul is not sort of away uh, with the fairies here, not, not kind of knowing. Uh, that life is real and life gets messy and life gets difficult. Paul now turns to acknowledge that there is an in the meantime thing, right? That that God is offering us this eternal life in the future. But in the meantime, life is hard here and now. And Paul knew that, and Paul experienced that, as did many of the people he was talking to, as we experience as well. So, in the meantime, Paul is clear to point out, there is something else that we need to know here too. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, that is that prospect of an eternity with God where there is no more suffering, mourning, grief, pain, those kind of things. If we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. In the meantime, the Spirit of God is available to us to help us in our weakness. So the Spirit brings life. The Spirit brings life and peace. The Spirit brings the hope of eternal life. The Spirit brings adoption into the family of God, life in the family of God. And the Spirit of God will help us in our weakness. And then after a few more verses, Paul summarizes the whole thing and we get to the other bookend of this section, of this chapter of Paul's writing. It started with that no condemnation stuff, and then we reach the other bookend to this chapter. When we get to verse 37, Paul says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Finishes with this amazing promise. And and I love this, and it's a couple of really important words here which are more than... Not only will you be overcomers of that stuff, not only will you be able to conquer that stuff through the Spirit, not only will you be able to find strength to get through and conquer the weakness and the difficulty and the loneliness and whatever else it is, the habits you're trying to, not only will you be able to, no, no, you will be more than conquerors of that stuff. You will be not just overcomers of the elemental forces of this world. You will be more than overcomers, more than conquerors of the elemental forces of this world. Those forces that would try to drag us into places that are bad for us and lead us to darkness. No, no. You won't just get through that. You will be more than conquerors of that stuff. If you receive the gift that is on offer from God... And then I didn't put these up on the screen because I wanted you just to listen to these verses this morning. There are two more verses that finish off the chapter. Paul says, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And some of you need to hear those words spoken over you today, whether you're on-site or you're online Neither death nor life, nor angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, this is the offer, this is the gift that is available from God It's the offer of life and freedom, of life and peace, of life and hope, of life in the family of God, and life and help in our weakness. This is the offer that God makes in the spirit of himself, in the Holy Spirit of God. He says, this is the offer for you. This is the co-pilot that God is making available to you and to me. No more condemnation, freedom and liberty, victory over the elemental forces of this world that would try to derail us. Freedom. And I'll say if maybe you are exploring this whole faith thing, as I mentioned earlier, maybe you're not yet sure where you are in this whole kind of Christian journey thing or, or in turning your life over to God and saying, I want to be a follower of Jesus. Maybe today's the day. Maybe you, today's the day to receive that gift that God is reaching out and holding making available to you today, and if that is you, we would love to help you start that journey today. And out in the lobby, the people in our green Welcome Team t-shirts, they've got some packs that we'd love to give to you to help you start your journey. If you're starting your journey today, of following Jesus, we'd love to help you and equip you. And we have these amazing packs that get you started on that journey, and the team can talk you through that. If you're online with us and that's you today, just get in touch. Message us, direct message us, and we will get those packs sent out to you. We've done that to plenty of people before. And again, we would love to just help you start your journey. But then for all of us, I want to ask this question today. Where in your life do you need to be more than a conqueror today? Where in your life do you need to be more than a conqueror? Is it your habits? Is it greed? Is it selfishness? Is it failures? Is it your morals? Is it your mess-ups? Is it your self-esteem? Is it your anxiety or your worry or your doubts? Is it your loneliness or lack of belonging or feeling that no one values you or that you have a lack of worth? Maybe you're a Christian and you're saying, I, I'm longing to grow in my faith, but if I'm really honest, I've got to be really honest. And, and actually, I've been stagnant for a while in my journey of faith with Jesus. I'm not as on fire for him as I used to be. Maybe you want to be more intimate in your relationship with God. Maybe you want to take more brave moves in your following of Jesus. Make the Spirit of God the co pilot in your life, and you will be more than a conqueror. Well, how does that happen? Well, it revolves around the decisions that we make. Here's the picture I've had in my mind this week as I've been thinking about today. I think God, I've got this picture of God holding out this gift to us of his spirit that does all of these things and will do all of these things for us if we accept and use this gift that he gives us, that God is holding this out and saying, there it is. But God is such a gracious and loving God, he's holding out the gift. He's not dumping it in your lap, Right. It's your choice to accept that or not. But that involves a decision. And it revolves around the decisions that you make receiving that gift. Here's how we invite the Spirit of God to be the co-pilot in your life. We make a decision. We make a decision to receive and to use this gift that is on offer. And it's not enough just to receive it. You have to use it too. It was my birthday earlier on this week. And this was one of the presents I got for my birthday, which is a new sleeping bag. Uh, because my old sleeping bag, I would, we were just working this out in between the services, it was 37 years old. Okay, I won't tell you how young I was when I got it. But anyways, 37. so I needed a new sleeping bag. I think that was pretty good use out of a sleeping bag, right? 37 years. So I needed a new sleeping bag for some of the adventures that we are going on in the next few weeks. And so I got given a new sleeping bag, which is great. Um, but so far, I've had a look at it. I've received this gift of a sleeping bag but I have not yet used it. You see, so it's possible to receive this gift and say, oh, that's lovely, thank you very much, but it's not going to make any difference to my life, right? It needs to be unpacked. I need to make a decision to get it out. I'm not going to get in it. You'll be pleased to know because it's so hot. (laughs) It needs to be got out. It needs to be used. It needs to be rolled around in to really be able to Use that gift. The Spirit of God is the same. And I tell you what, if you're a Christian, here's, here's, I mean, this is a little bit like, it's going to cut us a little bit, right? How often have we received the gift of the Holy Spirit but never unpacked it? Never actually used the gift of God's Spirit. And if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I just want to tell you this, we haven't set a great example for you, by the way, in all of this. You need to receive the gift of the Spirit of God, but we need to use it. To. We make a, need to, And that, the way we use the Spirit of God is we make a decision. We make a whole series of decisions to accept and use this gift that is on offer. We make a decision that we are going to be more interested in God's flight plan for our life than our own plan for our life. We're going to follow God's flight plan even when things get tough. And that means making a decision with God in mind rather than our own mind in mind. Okay, I'm just going to repeat that. It means making a decision with God in mind rather than our own mind in mind. Asking what would God have me do here? Making a decision to lean into God for the fuel I need for the journey. Not all those other things, not turning to everything else to try to bring me comfort to top up my tanks. No, I'm going to lean in to God. It's about making a decision to say, God, what would you have me do here? It's about making a decision. God, how would you have me treat the people that I'm struggling with right now? God, how would you have me parent my kids? God, how would you have me deal with today? How would you want me to act when I'm in the booth next to the person in the office or I'm at the school gates or whatever it is? And God, when I'm feeling tired and I'm feeling drained, would you fill me? And taking some time and making a decision to ask God to fill it, not all those things of the world. Who or what are you inviting to be the co-pilot of the plane journey of your life? We're all being co-piloted by something or someone. God's offer is a gift Of the Spirit, which, if we invite into the co pilot seat of our life, is better than anything else we could ask or imagine and will make us more than conquerors in those things that would derail us in our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are such an amazing and gracious and loving God that you you do this as a gift. You say, Here's a gift. Not, I'm going to force this on you. Here's a gift. Thank you for the gift of your spirit to be the co-pilot in our lives. Lord God, we receive the gift. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the who-know-how-many time. But actually, we want to resolve today as well to use the gift of your spirit to lead us and guide us in our decisions and in our thinking. And Lord, for any of us here today, maybe you've never received that gift before, never received the gift of Jesus who died and rose again to set us free, to liberate us from the condemnation that would come because of our mistakes and our mess-ups. Lord, we receive the gift of Jesus today, maybe for the first time. And Lord God, as we start singing these songs now, I just pray you continue this work that you're doing in us right now through the gift of your spirit amen